we all get 24 hours a day. Doesn't matter where you live. Doesn't matter how much money you have. We all get 24 hours. And some of us realize the opportunity that those 24 hours represent. And others, like me, when I was 16, sleeping in till about, I don't know, three, uh, we kind of just let those hours go by. After all, there are more hours on the way. And in two weeks, we're going to do an episode about how long it takes to create an episode. And as I hit record on this one, I'm already two hours in. I've done two hours worth of research, organizing my thoughts, things of that nature. If you haven't submitted your answer yet, how long does it take you to go from idea to publish? Please go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question before November 26th. But today, I'm going to give you some tips on how to speed up your workflow. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And so today we're talking about time management. And I know I've talked about this in the past. It was way back on like episode six something. And I've got some new information, so we're going to revisit it. And some things like your time is worth revisiting. And one of the things you want to ask yourself is how much is your time worth? I mean, really, how much is it worth? I recently spent $250 on a slightly used dishwasher for my house. Uh, My house that I live in is is actually moved back into the house I grew up in. And there is no built-in dishwasher kind of thing. And so I found one and it was $250. And I kind of, because I've been tracking my time because of this whole episode that's coming up, I found out I was spending 10 to 15 minutes a day washing dishes and things of that nature. And I now know that I run the dishwasher three times a week because it's just me, not a lot of dishes. And that's going to give me back 30 to 45 minutes of time. That is an extra two hours of extra time a month. And if you add that up over a year, you know, it's definitely worth the money. I spent $250 to get that time back. And so that's kind of the things we're talking about today because I see some things that people do and sometimes we need them and sometimes we don't. We're going to talk about that probably in two weeks, but I want to start off with some tools that I use. And that's the first things first we need to talk about. Your flow may be different than my flow. Podcasting is a very unique art, for lack of a better phrase, because there is no kind of one size fits all. There are best practices and I'll explain mine and why I use what I do. But in the end, I came up with my flow after trying a couple of things and I went, you know what? This seems to work the best for me. So if you've only been doing podcasting one way, if it's working for you and you're not crunched for time, then keep doing what you're doing. But if you're a little stressed out, if you're a little pressed for time, then you might want to try mixing it up a bit. So here's some tools that I use. 
Uh, I use, uh, for me, I, I use Evernote and there are other things like Evernote. There's uh, Microsoft OneNote, there's Trello, things of that nature. My main thing is Evernote. And then for staying up to date on deadlines and for things that help me prioritize my task list, and I love it because it integrates with the woman in the tube from Amazon, is Todoist.com. That is my to-do list. And that thing I am, it's funny, when I really am my most productive, I live in that software. And then there are other days when my first to-do item is to check my to-do list. That's not a good sign. You can't have, by the way, you can't have five number one priorities. That doesn't work. Now, if you're a business, if you're an entrepreneur, for keeping track of my income and expenses, I used to use FreshBooks and I moved to a software called and.co. They have been purchased by Fiverr and they've been rebranded Fiverr Workspace. And this has a smaller feature set than some of the other kind of accounting software programs. But if all you need to do is track your income and expense, I absolutely love this software. It makes taxes much easier to do. Uh, And all those tools, Todoist, Evernote, Fiverr Workspace, they all have a feature that enable you to send email to their service. So if I see something and I was like, ooh, I want to mention this in a podcast, I can send it to Evernote and have it go right into a notebook for this podcast. If I go, ooh, I need to follow up with this person next week, I can send it to Todoist. And if I go, oh, here's my bill from such and such, I need to track this as an expense, I can send it to uh, Fiverr Workspace. I'll have links to all this stuff out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 801. And I am going to take a tangent here because, well, that's what I do. I want to say thanks to everyone who had all the kind wishes I'd had episode 800 last week. Thank you so much. I deeply appreciate it. And it was a different show. I do this every 100 episodes. And I talked about uh, that podcasting isn't easy. And there are times when it's kind of a grind. And how do you mentally handle that challenge? If you haven't checked it out yet, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 800. This is episode number 801. And as you just heard, I'm a little ADD. So having things like Evernote and Todoist and Fiverr Workspace is really handy for me because I do kind of, if I'm not, if I don't have things right in front of me, right now I've got bullet points and things to keep me on track. But here's one thing that I learned that you kind of go, nah, that can't be. And it's true. And you're like, Dave, what are you talking about? Quit multitasking. And Which is funny because I'm going to bet that if you're in front of a computer right now, you got two monitors, and which is kind of funny in a way when you think about it. And what you want to do is you want to avoid distractions. So this might be letting your family know that when mommy or daddy put this sign on the door, don't come in. It means turning off your phone, turning off Gmail, turning off Facebook. We'll talk about that as we go along. Anything that notifies you or sucks you down a rabbit hole to where you're going, why am I watching Ted Nugent videos from 79 at four in the morning? How did I get here? Yeah, you need to kind of turn that stuff off. And if you are a creative person, and I'm assuming you are if you listen to the show, we all know what it's like when you get into that creative groove. 
Uh, one of my hobbies is guitar. And I remember when I was a youngin, I had a little studio in my basin. And I remember this one time I had a keyboard going and a drum machine and stuff. And I looked up and it was literally a quarter to four. And I could have swore it was like 1030, maybe 11 p.m. tops. I had completely been immersed and everything was just flowing. And, oh, what if I put this on top of that and this and that? And all of a sudden you look up and and time and space have just like gone into this whole new dimension. And you look up and you're like, wait a minute. I, it's been six hours. I've been in this room for six hours. We all know what that's like, and it's a great feeling when that happens, but that feeling is not a light switch, and this is why you don't want to multitask. Reports say that multitasking can reduce productivity by 40% because you're in the groove and everything is bopping and bipping and this is good, and all of a sudden somebody calls you up and you're like, wait, what do you need? What? Oh, no, no, that's not it. Okay. My sister is famous for that. And uh, now I've got to get back into that. I want to get back and it's just, it's not happening. And one of the things that, that you have to realize sometimes is number one, turn off your phone, put that baby on do not disturb. But when I forget to do that, and there's nothing worse than when the only person to blame is yourself, that is a hard pill to swallow every time. And that's when for me, I take deep breaths and realize it's like, okay, that was a mistake. Let me flip that switch on my phone. Okay, no more distractions there. And just take like five deep breaths and chill because that's the problem. You're you're so mad at yourself that you your anger is distracting you from what you're trying to do. And so it actually, how long does it take you to get back into the groove? According to a study from the University of California, Irvine, it takes an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds. Yeah. And that's why it sucks when somebody pulls you out of the groove. And so if you are like me, I know a lot of us, thanks to our good friend, the pandemic, if you're working from home, there are people that don't quite understand the concept that I know I'm in my bedroom. I know I'm in the living room with a laptop. I'm actually working. I know I'm home. Do you have relatives like that, that they just call you and you're like, hey, it's three in the afternoon. See, if I was actually like at my job in a cubicle, I'd be working. So why are you calling me? So which brings us to our next kind of point. Again, let your family know. My family knows you do not bug me on Sunday. Sunday is Dave recording podcast stuff and really a big chunk of Saturday. Saturday after say five, I'm good, but Saturday in the morning, everybody knows I'm doing Ask the Podcast Coach. So my family knows not to bug me that time. So that helps. And then the other thing you can do is again, kind of come up with a plan that your audience knows. And I kind of shared a little bit about this last week in episode 800, but when I was married, I needed to separate my work life and my home life. So I put out the money for an office and I discussed it with my wife and we decided that Tuesday after work, so like from like, you know, whatever, six to 11 and then, you know, from whatever, eight in the morning till about one on Saturday, I could get my podcast work done. She didn't feel it was too much time and that left plenty of time for the family and we were good to go. So that was my my block of time. So I knew that during the week, 
I would use my lunch hour. At that time, I was still teaching in the corporate world, teaching a lot of Microsoft Office and QuickBooks and, you guessed it, time management. And I would do research on my lunch and I would put it into Evernote and I would put it into Todoist and things like that. And any kind of audio research was done in the car on the way to work, often at 1.7x. And consequently, after doing all that planning and all that research during the week, when Tuesday came, I knew what I was going to say. And I had saved all that information in different notes, in Evernote, and it was just a matter of organizing my thoughts into some sort of flow of content. When I arrived at the office, I would fire up my email and check the subject lines to see if anything was on fire, basically. You know, those emergencies. And for the record, uh, nothing was on fire, ever. We always worry about that. I need to have my phone with me in case there's emergency. Yeah, uh, I grew up in a period when there were no cell phones. And when I fell off my bike and needed stitches, I just went to the local person that was closest to me who then took me home. It was a different time. But when I go into my office, I close my Gmail, I close my Facebook, anything that's going to pop up and distract me is gone. And consequently, I was hyper-focused and I would record multiple episodes in five hours. I was laser-focused. And there was a sense of urgency because I knew this was my allotted time. It was an opportunity to, if I made it that way, to be non-distracted and focus on my podcast. I valued my time and I took advantage of that distraction-free zone that I had made. So keep that in mind. Now, if we fast forward 10 years, I am divorced, not because of the podcast, although we did have plenty of arguments about that, but I still organize my thoughts in Evernote. And as of this, as I'm doing this, as you hear me recording this, I'm looking at bullet points that I put together. I now organize my thoughts kind of in a Google Doc. and But on the other hand, I just got off the phone with my brother. So I didn't turn off my phone, which was dumb, and had a quick thing with my brother. So it did take me a little while to get back in. And part of that is I feel, which is dumb, well, I don't have to worry about just Tuesdays and Saturdays. I'm free to record whenever I want. But that is, there's a thing called, it's a a current principle. It's actually not a principle. It's called Parkinson's Law. And what this means, and I've done this, where I will say, okay, I'm going to do this tonight, and I will exercise as soon as I get done with the computer. And then, of course, I never exercise. And so there's a voice in my head that says, you need to exercise first. So I would. And I would walk around the neighborhood for an hour. And I'm like, an hour? That's a lot of time, Dave. You're really going to put the pinch on your podcasting stuff. And I never had a pinch because there are many times if you have three hours to get a job done, you will take three hours. And if I cut that down to two hours, lo and behold, I can still get it done with two hours. So there are times that I know for me, as I've been doing this project and recording how long it takes me to do an episode, One week, it took me five hours to do this particular podcast. The next week, I had a football game on in the background. Now, granted, it was muted, but it took me eight hours to basically do the same style because I kept looking and checking and things like that. So again, distractions can really bog down 
your production, your editing, all that stuff. So the other thing I want to point out is the importance of planning. And it really, I I can't express this enough. I know in, I think it's the U.S., we call them a seesaw. That might be the the UK side of the the pond. Some people call them a teeter totter. You know, that's a big board on like a thing in the middle, and and one side goes up when the other side goes down. And on one side of that, if you look at a teeter totter in your head right now, mine is green for some reason. Uh, on the left hand side, put planning, and way way up in the air there is on the other side is editing, and so when you have more planning, so let that teeter totter now flip now. Planning is way up on the in the air there on the left-hand side. And see on the right-hand side how editing has gone way down. So when you have more planning, you have less editing. And I don't know about you, but when somebody said, which one is more stressful on your brain, planning or editing? For me, it's editing. You're like, ugh, why do they say that? Ugh, should have done, ugh, ugh. And you're fixing things where when you do planning and you don't have to do editing, you're like, hey, this is a pretty good show. It just it just flows. It works. So for me, I write out my ideas as a blog post. And the reason I do that is because I used to write bullet points, kind of like I'm using now. I would expand on those bullet points, and I would then edit the show. And as I was uploading it to my media host, I would then expand on those bullet points. And inevitably, I would go, oh, you know what I should have said? I should have said that. So now I flush out the idea of what I want to say. I record it and then I boil it down to bullet points because who wants to listen to me read? That's no fun. Now, does that mean you can't script your podcast? No, feel free to. My advice on that is write like you talk. Throw grammar out the window because we don't write like we talk. We don't talk like we write. So I'm doing this from bullet points. But I do write out a blog post to figure out what the heck I'm trying to say. And so more planning equals less editing. We've heard all the cliches, right? Measure twice, cut once. I think it was Abe Lincoln that said, if I had four hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend three hours sharpening my ax. So do put some plan into it. Trust me, if you hate editing and it's taking you forever to edit your podcast, maybe you readjust that time and put it into planning. Something else you can do is do the hard stuff first. And maybe that's why I write out the blog post because when I'm done, my show notes are done. It really depends on what you're doing. But the reason you do that is in theory, you're not as tired yet. You might have a little more energy. You might be a little excited to get to do what you want to do. And when you complete that hardest thing, you can kind of go, whew, that's out of the way. And you kind of give yourself a little, that attaboy, there you go, knock that one out. And now you only got this other thing to do. And hey, now you kind of feel like, look at me getting stuff done. Woohoo. And off you go. You end up with a positive mood, probably get a shot of dopamine in there or something like that. So do the hard stuff first. I know you don't want to do the hard stuff, but you will then be also become, when the more you do the hard stuff first, The hard stuff doesn't seem as hard. Why? Because you always knock it out of the park when it comes up to it. So it's just kind of a a little Vulcan mind meld that you do on yourself to get things done. And if you're having problems figuring out what's the true priority, what do I really need to get done? One of my favorite books, in fact, as I was coming through this, I haven't listened to this book in a while. 
It's by Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey is the guy behind The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He wrote a great time management book called First Things First. And when I taught time management back in the day, uh, I used to reference this book a lot. And he talks about important versus urgent. And important activities have an outcome that leads us to achieving our goals. And these could be professional or personal, right? It's, it's important. But then there are urgent things. And urgent activities demand immediate attention and are usually associated with achieving someone else's goals, right? We've heard that, hey, I need this done by next Tuesday. You're like, what? They are often the ones we concentrate on and they demand our attention because the consequences of not dealing with them are immediate. If you don't get this done by such and such, blah, blah, blah. That is urgent. And so something that is urgent and important is something we call a crisis. It's pressing problems with deadlines. Ugh. Something that is important but not urgent would be something such as exercise, right? That's important, but it's not urgent. Uh, It could also be relationship building. It could be any kind of personal growth. It's important, but it's not urgent. However, though, if you think about it, if you ignore the important things, because, well, they are important, they later become important and urgent. Hence, you know how you kept ignoring all the exercise and things like that? Guess what? Your body's breaking down. Your kidneys don't work, things like that. So that's the way that works. There's urgent and important. And some things that are urgent but not important Well, that's the things like phone calls, interruptions, uh, some email, right? Is it, it might be urgent, but not important. Some meetings, things like that. And some things that are not important and not urgent would be busy work and time wasters. Uh, you know, and in some cases, some pleasant activities. Oh, I love this because it's, I'm just chilling and things like that. But for me, I often affectionately refer to those things as castrobation. And that's where you're like, you're thinking about swapping out a microphone, even though you like the way you sound, but you know, Joe Schmo uses that and Joe Schmo uses this and things like that. It's not important and it's not urgent, but you're, you're doing some work. So remember there's urgent and important. Now, how do I speed up research? And there are things, especially if you're interviewing an author, see if their book is on Audible. You can get the book for free if you're new to Audible by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash free book. And then you can listen at like 1.5, 1.7, whatever you want. I know right now I'm listening to the new book by Will Smith. Pretty awesome book uh, if you're a Will Smith fan. And he just explains his insane debt. There's a guy that's not distracted. Man, when he gets honed in on a goal, whew, he said there are two options. I'm either going to achieve my goal or I'm going to die. It's amazing. But how do I speed up my research if it's not a book? Well, I never, almost ever at this point, watch live television. I used to watch sports. I don't. I live by myself, so nobody's going to tell me who won. And I wait later, and I can blow through a football game in a quarter of the time because I'm skipping the commercials and things like that. I tape all of my shows. and. If I happen to watch it on a computer, I can speed it up. 
if I watch it in the living room on the TV, at least I can fast forward through the commercials. So there is an extension for Chrome that pretty much let you speed up any kind of video if you're watching it on your computer. So what about speeding up the editing? Because that's where we all kind of stumble a bit. And one is to organize your content. On your computer, make a folder in, I think it was three episodes ago, I talked about how someone had sent me a 10-minute voicemail. And I always make, when I'm done with one episode, I make the next folder for the next episode. So anything that happens to come in, any kind of voicemail, somebody sends me a because of my podcast story or a last five and five or whatever, I throw it in the next episode's folder so I don't have to go look for it. And this person sent me this long voicemail, was filled with all sorts of great stuff, and I didn't stick it in the folder. So have a place to capture that information. I mentioned earlier, Evernote, Todoist, things like that. When this information comes in and you go, oh, I need, I'm going to use this later, take the whatever, 10 seconds to put it on your computer, put it in Evernote, whatever you're using, capture that content. But when you're organized, you don't do what I did, which I I think if I remember right, I, I probably spent close to a half hour, maybe more, looking for that voicemail. And the reason for that is he had sent me a link to Dropbox and I was looking for an email with an attachment. And here again, if I if I just done those steps, I wouldn't have lost that time. And that's really, you're usually not blowing like five hours at a time. It's 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, et cetera, et cetera. And so, like I said, if you use a tool like Evernote, OneNote, Trello, whatever, set those up so that when the information comes in, and you you don't want to go, okay, I'll do that later, because you and I both know that's probably not going to happen. Capture it, put it wherever you want it, and then when it comes time to make your podcast, it's just again, it's just a matter of just organizing the information that uh, came in. So keep that in mind. Organize your content. Me, I have an episode for each podcast, so I have an, a folder called SOP. I have inside that folder, I have a folder called Production. I have a folder called episodes. And I think I have one called images and the episodes folder then has like, this will have a folder creatively named 801. And so that's where all the information goes for that. Here's another one that I am guilty of. And I was like, ugh. and here again, we don't have time to do it, but we do have time to do it wrong. I currently occasionally dabble in a software called Descript. It's pretty cool. You upload a file. It does a transcript, and when you edit the words in the transcript, it takes the words out of the audio file. Pretty cool. I've used it. It's kind of cool, and there are times when I'm a little frustrated with the results I get. And why is that? Because I've never taken the time to watch a tutorial. Because, you know, I know audio. I do Audacity. I do Audition. Right now, I'm recording into Hindenburg. You know, audio's audio, right? And <laughs> it's just one of those things where you're like, ah, yeah, you know what? I need to take the time to watch some tutorials. I mean, I am positive as someone who works in tech support and has for many years, I'm either in a, a classroom or I'm on a computer doing tech support typically. And I am pretty sure everyone can benefit by watching a tutorial. And the reason we don't is A, our ego doesn't want to maybe admit that we don't know, which is kind of dumb because it's new. Of course, we don't know it. 
and we think we can figure it out. And consequently, we spend time beating our head against the wall because why won't this do what I want to do? Whereas if you just watch the tutorial, you would know you just need to go control whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you would do that. So I know for me, I have learned that lesson and I actually take the time. And again, when I'm watching those videos, I'm using my Chrome extension to speed up the videos so I can watch them at a faster speed. And if you're looking for videos to watch about writing a book, well, then you need to go see my friends over at the Novel Marketing Podcast. A lot of podcasters plan to write a book, especially maybe you're going to do that in 2022. And Novel Marketing Podcast is there to help you. They have a five-year plan. It's devoted to helping you develop Olympic levels of writing and marketing. And while it takes most novelists 10 years to get good, this plan enables you to do it in half the time. We've been talking about their 10 commandments of book marketing. And this week we're talking about commandment number nine. And that commandment says, thou shalt not publish thy first book first. I love this because so many people record their first episode and they're like, hey, it didn't catch on fire. And they put it out there. And I'm like, there are things called rough drafts. There are things called dress rehearsals. There are all sorts of things where you kind of typically don't do or or at least put into public that very first thing you do. I have links in the show notes out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 801 if you want to see the other 10 commandments of book marketing. And for more book promotion and publishing help, listen to Novel Marketing in your favorite podcast app or at novelmarketing.com or just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash author. Another thing you can do to speed up editing is to record it right the first time. And this, again, is kind of like that seesaw. Take some time to play with your gear. Just have fun with it. Turn some knobs. See what happens. Nothing is going to bust into flames. You're not going to break anything. I mean, you avoid car crashes by knowing brake, gas, and steer. And for me, I'll give you an example. When I was little, uh, I was well, little, I was 16, and it was like my first snow. I live in Ohio. We get a fair amount of snow thanks to our good friend, Lake Erie. And my brother first, because, well, he's my brother and he's older, took me to a fairly empty parking lot. And we just did donuts, which is where you purposely make your car spin around and around and around. Then we got done. I got in. And of course, I did some donuts because they looked like a lot of fun. But then he's like, hold on. We've actually got to make you spin out. And now you have to learn how to control the car. So you take some time to play with your gear so that you know how it works and you can save yourself a ton of time. I'll give you an example. I was doing an interview with somebody and I, number one, I always wear headphones so that if I start doing what are called plosives, where you have, we call them popping P's and B's, sometimes H's and F's, things like that. And they sound bad because a bunch of wind comes out of your mouth and goes into the microphone. It sounds horrible. And I had a guest on who had a headset on and headsets are tricky because either a, it sounds like Darth Vader. They're kind of talking to you and, or they've got no sounds or they've got popping peas because those little microphones that are in front of their mouth, they're tough. And so 
I had this person on and I had already asked her twice to readjust her microphone. And I don't think I had her say, please bring pizza pronto. Thanks to uh, Bandrew Scott for that one or happy birthday. That's another one. All sorts of fun things to do. And for some reason, I guess because I felt she was my guest, that it was somewhat rude of me to go, nah, still not right. And I just said, ah, it can't be that bad. I'll fix it later. Because you can go in where somebody had a, a popping pee, you highlight the p part and take out all the bass, and it somewhat lessens the effect of that. The fun part was it was a 20-minute interview, maybe a half hour, and it took me three hours. And so I know they're my guest. But on the other hand, what if you had a guest that came in and just started wrecking your house? They're just knocking things over and just making a big old mess. And you're like, man, it's going to take three hours to clean that up. Wouldn't you stop that person? I know they're a guest, but you're like, hey, I appreciate that you came here, but you're kind of like, you know, you're pooping on the carpet. What's going on with this? And had I taken another, I don't know, five, 10 minutes to get her mic straight, it would have saved me three hours of editing. Now, here is the magic phrase, because it is weird, because like, it's your guest, and I'm glad you're here, but <laughs> you sound like crap. You just say, hey, if, if you get, could you reposition that? And they go, how's this? How's that? And you go, hey, say, please bring pizza pronto. And they go, okay, just say this. I want to make you sound great. I want to make you sound prof as professional. I want to make you sound as good as I can. And I don't know too many people that are going to argue with that. The other thing is we talked about learning software. Make sure that when you're recording something, whether it's with a tool or a piece of hardware or something like that, don't make the first time you use that like a real episode like a real guest. It's really you. Remember, play with your stuff. That's how you learn it. And that's how you get better at it. Then another fun tool. And I talked about this in a previous episode, probably 400 episodes ago in most editing software. I know there's one in audacity. I know there's one in Hindenburg. Uh, I know there are plenty of them. And if you just, we'll talk about this next feature in a second, but if you just Google the phrase, Speed up playback in Audacity, Hindenburg, whatever. They're, they're probably, somebody on the internet has figured this out. And that's my next point. There's a thing on the internet called Google. And there are, I for me growing up, it it kills me that I used to have to learn every song either off the radio or whatever. And I realized I'm sounding very old. But the fact that I can go to YouTube or Google and get an answer in minutes, not granted, not everything on the internet is always accurate, but people that are spending bazillions of hours on stuff, ask them to Google. He's usually pretty good. And then the other one is uh, check out keyboard shortcuts. And I remember when I first got into teaching, I was like, keyboard shortcuts, really? Keyboard shortcuts, really? Yeah. And I, I, of course, what did I do? I went to Google and I typed in, do sh keyboard shortcuts really help? And I found out on a blog post from Zapier, links in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 801, that in a year's time of using keyboard shortcuts, you can save the equivalent of eight days 
So you basically get more than a week's worth of time. It's like a free vacation just by using keyboard shortcuts. And so when you're using your software, one of the things I show at the School of Podcasting is, well, where do I find these keyboard shortcuts? Did I mention Google? Yeah, that's a good place. But I also show you how you can find them in the software. The other thing that can speed up editing is the better you know your audience, the easier it is to edit. I think I've mentioned this in the past. Many moons ago, I think it was one of the signs of Armageddon, I was in a country band and we had a strict criteria of not only what we wanted to play, but what we wouldn't play. And there are times when knowing what you won't put in your show makes it easier to identify what you will put in your show. And so I, I've, I've said this when it comes to interview. I listen to the question I ask. I then see, did they answer the question? And B, did the question bring value? And if it didn't, I delete it. It's kind of that simple. But knowing what your who your audience is, I mean, think about it. Right now, there's got to be something that your mom hates. Like just, nope, mom is not going for that, right? So consequently, it makes it easy to shop for mom for the holidays because you know, well, I'm not buying her that because there's no way she's going to like that. When you know who your audience is and a guest or there's something that you start to say and you do a tangent, you go, yeah, that's got to come out. So speaking of interviews, know who you are bringing on your show. Again, we talked about different ways to speed up the research and then know why you're bringing them on. This helps you come up with better questions. It helps eliminate you talking about things that are going to be edited out again. So again, it's really more planning and less editing. And then the last one to think about here is, and we've got some more tips as we go along here. Um, if you go to audioeditingservice.com, that is my uh, team. I have some people that approach me and we put together a team of audio editors. If it really is push for time, and I always say people pay in one of two currencies, you either pay in time. And as I get people's answers, you know, some of us are spending a lot of time on editing and, and putting together our podcast. And that's not the wrong answer, by the way. There are no wrong answers to that question. How long does it take you to create an episode from idea to publish? Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. The reason we want to get that answer is we kind of want to see if we're in the ballpark. I, I hate to compare ourselves to others, but there are times when you're like, huh, maybe I am doing something that I could speed things up. So, but think about this. Uh, that team will edit a 60 minute episode for 50 bucks. And if it's currently taking you 10 to $15, 10 to $15, 10 to 15 hours to do it yourself, that means if you take $50 and divide it by 15 hours, you are paying yourself $3.33 an hour. Yeah. And I think you're probably worth a little more. If you need the ums taken out, it's $81.25 an episode. And again, if it's taking you 10 to 15 hours to edit that out, that's somewhere around 540 an hour, something like that. So if you want more information about that, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash edit. So if you've got the time, if you've got the money, pay with whatever you have more of. And that's another one where you might want to try it because you don't know what you're missing until you are available to go to those things. So here's some other tools that I use 
if you are doing any kind of like headliner or audiograms, you definitely want to check out otter.ai. And this is a transcription service. I believe there is a free version of this. I use the paid version. But what I use it for is the other day, I knew there was an episode where Adam Curry had said that $600 were going through the value for value system on podcasting 2.0. And I needed that stat. I couldn't remember if it was 60, 600, whatever it was. And I ran his podcast through a transcription, was able to find exactly what I was looking for. So as an editing tool, I like transcriptions much more than using it for kind of the whole show notes kind of thing. But if you're looking for snippets, you can definitely read faster than you can listen. Another tool that I use for automation is Zapier. And this is a tool that basically can be described like this. You say, if this happens, then do this. And Zapier kind of connects all these programs together. So I'll give you an example. When you sign up at the School of Podcasting, I say, when somebody signs up here and they paid more than a penny, so that eliminates anybody that that takes one of my free courses, if they paid more than a penny, then add them to my email list in this program. Automated. I don't have to worry about doing that. It happens behind the scenes. You can actually even test it. And that is one less thing off my plate. Uh, when somebody cancels, it sends me an email says, hey, somebody graduated. You might want to remove them from the Facebook group because I can't automate that, but I can automate the notification. And in fact, I think right now it puts it on my to-do list. So that's pretty cool. Anything you can automate. What I don't like to automate are things like tweets and things because it to me, social media, I call me silly. I like to be social on social media. And I think Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, instead of saying, hey, episode 801 is out, okay. But if I say something more like, do you know anybody who thinks they spend too much time on their podcast? Here are, you know, whatever, seven ways to speed things up. Give something your audience can use as a sales tool to their audience. That's, and I'm not going to be, well, I might be able to figure out how to do that automated wise, but that's for me. I like to automate kind of the uh, administration stuff. All right, here's another tool that I just started using last month, and I am amazed at how many times it goes. <laughs> I don't think so. And it's called Freedom. Links in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 801. And if you're like me and you just have a hard time staying focused, this Freedom software, and it works on Mac or PC, even works on your phone. And you can set it up to block websites when you turn this on. And you get to pick what gets blocked. So it's pretty flexible. And I have a couple of different block lists. Like I have one that's like super focused or something like that. I forget what I named it. And it basically blocks everything except like Hindenburg and a couple other things so that I can just put my head down and and go. So it's called Freedom. And uh, I'm just amazed at how many times... And you don't even realize you're doing it. That I'm working on something, I'm super focused, and all of a sudden I'll just like, all of a sudden my brain will like, oh, I, I wonder how much that is on Amazon. And I go over to Amazon and Freedom goes, ah, I'm sorry, but no. And then you'd be like, oh, I wonder if there's a tutorial on that on YouTube. And uh, Freedom goes, yeah, again, you're supposed to be working on something else. In fact, there's even a feature in it where 
Like if I wanted to there, I could say, yeah, okay, guess what, freedom, and quit the program. I can actually set it up to where I can turn that off and lock it. So it's like, no, 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 you're going to stay focused. If you ever use the whole Pomodoro, I can never say that right method. That's where you do like 25 minutes on, 15 minutes off, if I remember right. You can set it up to do that. It's a pretty cool tool. Again, you can check it out for free. And um, it also blocks across all your devices. So if you're like, (laughs) which is tricky, you're like, oh, I can't get to it on my computer. Oh, I know. I'll go to my phone. Mm, Nope, don't think so. And you can get started for, for free if you want to check it out. And it will cover all of your devices, it says, for less than $2.50 a month. So if you're having a problem staying focused, I started using the software program and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, sorry. And it just kind of politely nudges you back to what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, Text Expander is a tool. If you're a regular listener of the show, you're like, oh, Dave's going to talk about Text Expander again. But if you're using a media host like Captivate or Libsyn, they have a feature in Libsyn 5, in my case, uh, called snippets. And these are things, if you type anything that you use over and over and over, you basically type it once and in Captivate and Libsyn, I think Buzzsprout has a thing for sponsors that's similar to this, but forget using it for your media host. Text Expander is this. When I type in this, so for me, if I type in hashtag L-I-B-S-I-G, it puts in my Libsyn signature. If I just type in hashtag SIG, it puts in my whole signature for the School of Podcasting. And I was looking into this, and what it is is, again, that's kind of a, if I do this, type whatever, then you do this. And now, granted, I work for a company where I'm in tech support, and I used it uh, 1,171 times over the last 30 days. That saved me four hours and 49 minutes. And you can actually use Text Expander. Yeah, again, here's another one where you can use it for free for 30 days. And then it's like $4 a month. But would you spend $4 a month to save four hours? I use it on the podcast rodeo show. I have kind of a template for my show notes. I just go to my description and type in hashtag rodeo and there's my template. It's really, really cool. That's another way to speed things up. So as we wrap this up, Take the time to learn the technology that you're using. Don't learn things the hard way. It takes way too long. And if you're doing an interview, know who you're bringing on and why. Remember, more planning equals less editing. And speed up your playback when you edit and automate when you can. Look for those things that you can type once and use multiple times. And, of course, the last way to speed up your podcast in terms of editing is to just make it shorter a thought. Two quick things as we head out the door that you should know. Number one, again, if you haven't answered the question of the month, I really want to hear from you. I need it by Friday, December, December, Friday, November 26th, 2021. And the question of the month is how long does it take you to go from an idea to hitting publish on an episode, because that's kind of what we're talking about here. I am being interested in the answers that I've received so far, and I would love to compare them to what you're doing, because it is longer than I really thought. People are spending a lot of time, and that's not wrong, by the way. That's the whole point of this. We're just trying to see where people 
are. And where I need you to go to do that is schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. The other thing I wanted to point out, if you are thinking of launching a podcast in 2022, you need to get that into Apple kind of now, like now, because they go on vacation. I was listening to the feed from Libsyn and their VP of podcast relations, Rob Walsh, said, if you really, without any like hassle or worry, want it in Apple by app by January 1st, you want it in before Thanksgiving, which I want to say is the 25th of November in, in 2021. The drop dead, holy cow, you know, the house is on fire date if you want it in Apple by January 1st is December 13th. That, by the way, is kind of an iffy because what happens is it, it takes like a week to get approved. But behind the scenes, they have this thing called an API which means when you submit it to Apple and you get approved, you're also going to end up in Overcast and a bunch of other shows. And it's those other shows that you may not appear in because it has to kind of trickle through the whole Apple ecosystem to get there. So if you're thinking of launching a podcast, you need now is the time to get it into Apple. If you need help with that, I would love to help you out at schoolofpodcasting.com. You can use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly uh, subscription. Or if you just need a quick 30-minute call to get you through that, we can do that as well. Next week, I've got an interview with Glenn the Geek from HorseRadioNetwork.com. I caught up with Glenn in Florida, and he shared some stuff, especially from his audience. And I was like, yeah, that needs to be on the School of Podcasting. If you think that ah, nobody will listen to me, Wait till you hear the things that are happening with Glenn's listeners. It's amazing. You can get these shows for free by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe and follow slash subscribe in whatever app you want. And you don't have to worry about, am I going to get the next episode? Yeah, you are. And you also get access to the other 700 plus episodes that are in my feed all for free. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me as I grab the podcast polish and buff the boring out of your podcast. I would love to help you come join me at schoolofpodcasting.com. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>